You're listening to the IEP OMG Show, where parents learn to navigate school supports. Whether your child just received a diagnosis or you're needing help with a plan already in place, we have you covered. Join your host, board-certified advocate and two-time teacher of the year, Sarah Kesty, to get small strategies for big impact. Ask a kid. And 1975 seems like a thousand years ago. I mean, if you were born in 75, you've got to be at least like a hundred, right? All right. All jokes aside, 1975 represents a crucial year for special education. It's the year the pioneering law called IDEA was enacted. IDEA mandated that public schools maintain special education supports for students with special needs. It was a huge win, albeit imperfect for all of us. And as with most things advocacy, the IDEA law was hard won. It took years of litigation and lobbying to bend the ears of politicians and convince the country that the rights of kids with disabilities were equal to their peers. What's especially cool to me is how movements that seem separate on the surface revealed themselves to be inextricably connected. The civil rights movement and its implications for schools laid the foundation for disabled students' rights in schools. A quick refresher. Before 1954, public schools in the U.S. segregated students by the amount of melanin in their skin. White and Black children were taught in separate schools that were reportedly separate but equal. (laughs) Right. In 1954, the Supreme Court tried Brown versus the Board of Education and declared that all students had the right to equal and shared schools. Importantly, the court declared education is perhaps the most important function of state and local governments. In these days, It is doubtful that any child may reasonably be expected to succeed in life if he is denied the opportunity of an education. They didn't know how right they were. So, as states and districts were going through the process of desegregating schools, an incongruent reality continued. Kids with disabilities were still left out of education. The Supreme Court asserted the importance of education for our children. They even said that different treatment of students based on unalterable characteristics was a violation of the 14th Amendment. You know, the whole no government can make laws that impair any citizen's privileges or deprive someone of life, liberty, or property. Yeah. The Supreme Court said that state-required segregation solely on the basis of a person's unalterable characteristics, in this case race, violated the rights afforded to us in the Constitution. Hmm. So, our nation is recognizing that, you know what? We can't exclude or separate kids based on things they can't change about themselves, like skin color. And that's absolutely true. And. Logic would expect an easy extension of this ruling, right? We also then can't exclude or separate kids based on things they can't control, like mm, disability status. Yeah, nope, not yet. Y'all, 
nearly 20 years after desegregating schools, education for students with disabilities was hodgepodge and not required. In 1970, the U.S. Department of Education reported that 20% of students with disabilities were getting an education in public schools. That's four out of five kids with special needs left out of school altogether a mere 52 years ago. Let that simmer a minute. The movement had gained some support from President John F. Kennedy, whose sister Rosemary was born with a disability. JFK created a commission to raise public awareness and correct what he called a national failure to search for solutions for people with disabilities. Yeah, he used the word retarded, but that was common at the time. JFK's effort brought encouraging results. As of 1974, some students with disabilities were getting special help in school. About 47% of kids, according to the Federal Bureau of Education for the Handicapped. Another 22% of kids in 1974 were allowed to attend school but got no additional help. But that still left the rest of our kids, almost a quarter of students with disability, with no school experience at all. And the 22% who were allowed in the school buildings weren't necessarily getting the help they needed. I have the MLK Jr. quote. Justice too long delayed is justice denied up in my office. Actually, it's positioned right behind my laptop. It's followed by a graphic, another quote by MLK. The time is always right to do what is right. This drives my advocacy and speaks to the core of our shared experience in paving better roads for all kids. Justice for kids with disabilities was too long delayed. It was denied. And standing on the shoulders of civil rights activists, parents, just like you, began to cry for equity. The unalterable characteristics that alienated their children no longer justified lacking or deficient educations. It took several lawsuits and hearings that reached the Supreme Court, but by 1975, the public opinion and that of the courts supported the inclusion of our kids with special needs. The first iteration of IDEA was enacted in November 1975, and with its passage, present-day special education was born. IEPs are 47 years old. 504 plans enacted in 1973 as a section of the Rehabilitation Act are 49. We've come a long way in almost 50 years, but we need to recognize the context here. In terms of school systems, special education is still a bit new, right? It was an add-on to a system that was built with a specific learner in mind. The wheels of education turn slowly, and as you can imagine, Creating, improving, and utilizing special education programs took years. Teacher preparation is another context for us to kick around in our brains. Special education credentialing programs sought to meet the need of preparing special educators. But as we know, 
Most students with special needs actually spend most of their time in general education classrooms. Yet, the majority of general education teacher prep programs do a cursory review of special education, like a class or a unit of study at best, for the majority of our teachers. Translation, your child with special needs spends most of their day under the care of a teacher with limited to no special education skills. This is a problem. Okay, I'm going to add one final log to the fire here. The services that the federal government mandated have never been fully funded. The law forces states and their districts to serve students with any need. They call it zero reject. And this is great. We want this. Yet, the federal government funds not even half of the cost. So if you've ever chased down a service for your kid and had to jump through a million hoops to attain a support that may cost a bit to districts, this may explain that treacherous road. Districts see the discrepancy between the bill for special education and the repayment from the federal government, and it breeds resentment. They actually call it encroachment. It means the cost of special education encroaches on the general fund. Gross, right? I'll dive into that later. But here's the deal. The newness of special ed and the fact that it was added on later, not built from the ground level like the rest of public schools, the lack of teacher prep, and the budget mismatch for services all set us up for a fight. The history of special ed provides a lens for some of the challenge we face. Not an excuse, but we must understand where we are to know how to get to better places. Speaking of better places, next week we'll take a look at what schools can offer to meet the needs of our kids. This week, though, take some time to think about your journey through this new lens. Have there been reluctant teachers, grumpy gatekeepers, or service denials? I think sometimes understanding the process and the history can really help you depersonalize the struggle and start to try out systems thinking. When you're able to do so, you become a highly effective advocate for your kid. Thank you for joining me so much, my dears. It means the world to me to have you here. Check out iepomg.com for resources and to learn more about my work. Talk with you soon. Thanks for listening to the IEP OMG show. Please share the show with families you know and stay connected. Drop us an email at iepomgshow at gmail.com. Your ratings and reviews are incredibly helpful and so appreciated. Thank you. 